0: Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast. I'm Sally. I'm Linda. I'm Ming. And we're moving along.
1: Hello everyone, welcome back to our podcast. Uh, Today, for our 23rd episode, we're going to be interviewing um, some of our friends, uh, also recent graduates of the same university, just so we can get a different perspective on postgrad life besides our own. So we'll hear from three different um, guests and then we'll introduce them shortly. But before uh, we introduce them, we're going to start off with our weekly um, recap. Uh, We're going to keep it relatively short so we can get through it all um, and make sure we give our guests ample amount
0: of time to talk so if sally wants to start we can get started okay well so this past weekend was for us while we're recording it was july 4th weekend so Mm -hmm. it had the friday off and i we my family and i took a trip to new york to visit our extended family um and we didn't really leave the house much practice social distancing there but it was like the first time i got to see someone other than my family (laughs) for like four months so that was kind of nice i got to see my grandpa And it was his birthday around this time. Um, And it was nice because we got to eat, like, Chinese takeout food. Um, So we got dim sum for one of our meals. And that was the first time we've had dim sum in, like, I don't know, (laughs) maybe, like, half a year. So it's been a while. Um, So, yeah, that was a nice trip. And it wasn't, like, healing. (laughs) (laughs) It was relaxing. Mm -hmm. And now we're back to the norm busy work life what was uh, new york city like it was really different um well actually okay maybe not as different as i thought it would have been because so when you drive through the downtown manhattan area so like soho and chinatown a lot of places are boarded up because of the pandemic a lot of places are closed but um there's still a lot of people out and about, and they're not really that good at social distancing. Like, some people are wearing masks and some aren't. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, like, the standards aren't the same everywhere, so you still got to be careful when you go out. We mm-hmm. try not to go out that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what about you guys? Ming? Um,
1: yeah, I didn't really celebrate the 4th. Um, it was just me and my mom at home, actually, because uh, my sister and my aunt were working, So we just had, like, a low-key, just, like, dinner together. That was pretty much it. Um, Yesterday, I finally had another few interviews. So it's not with the same um, companies or nonprofits that I interviewed with from before. I actually got rejected from one of them, so at least one of them Mm -hmm. got back to me. Um, But the two yesterday were both for nonprofits, and I really like, um, or I think I could really get along well with both of their teams more than the other two, so... My hopes are high for this one, but I'm trying not to get them too high, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But that's basically all I've been up to, really. A lot of gardening in my yard with my mom, but that's pretty much it.
0: Mm. That sounds mm-hmm. fun. What are you planning
1: this season? Uh, we're not really doing vegetables like Linda's um, family. Oh. We're doing more, like, um, like y kind of stuff. So, like, bushes. We got a lot of peony bushes and some other smaller uh, flower, like, shrubs to... Just we have a really big yard, so we're trying to fill up the space a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. And also just it's fun to look for flowers and stuff. So that's what mm-hmm. we've been doing.
0: That's cute.
2: Right. I'll go down your yard <laughs> to see your progress. Linda? Okay. No. But my brother <laughs> is like three months late in the quarantine behaviors because he's been making lots of banana bread. He made one yesterday and then he made one today. And they're really good, actually. Um, but yeah enjoying some mm. baking
0: wow well, can you send me the recipe
2: okay i'll ask for it
0: how's where work been going
2: um so i actually got another design job today um if you know um there's someone from Micah, so she has like a subscription box thing for like south asian women the women of color and then i'm making a zine for them and it's like a referral system so we're supposed to, like, give them a taste of it, and then they're supposed to, I'm supposed to be, like, keep making them every season for, like, wow, for an indefinite time, I guess. So it's a true wow. partnership. So that's kind of exciting. We had a meeting today, and then, oh my gosh, we were trying to fold all these papers, like, on, on Zoom and trying to figure out the layout and stuff, but too much math. <laughs> it's really hard.
1: Maybe some of our guests can help you with that, with the math aspect.
2: Hinting. Hint. <laughs> yeah. So we'll be interviewing three of our friends for this kind of post grad episode. So the first interview we have today is our friend Vincent, who we met through Tasa. Um, so Vincent is my big, and we met um, sophomore year, I think. And we also actually mentioned Vincent before in a previous episode, um, episode twenty one, I think, where we talked about our college regrets. So this is the aforementioned person um, we're going to interview here today. So Vincent, do you want to kind of introduce yourself and talk a bit about your background and what you're up to?
3: Yeah, sure. So I'm Vincent. I graduated this past spring with two degrees um, in government and politics and also information systems from the business school. Um, I'll be heading off to KPMG in August, so I haven't started work yet, but I'm looking forward to it.
0: Nice. So uh, let's talk a little bit about your background. Um, Did you take any classes in high school that helped shape your decisions about what you wanted to do in college or post-grad?
3: Yeah, I'd say so, Uh, but probably not in the way you think because I took actually almost all STEM courses in high school, even though I'm a social science and business major. Um, I think going through those classes um, did somewhat help me decide that I'm probably not cut out for STEM, but what I did appreciate about STEM is that it engages like a lot of critical thinking skills and it's challenging because I've never considered myself to have um, a super strong interest or passion in any single subject, except maybe like history, but I never saw, at least in my mind, I, I didn't see how that could turn into a future academic path or career. But I was just open to any sort of subject. <laughs> that gets me thinking hard, I guess. Um, but I ultimately chose government politics because like I said, um, I, that's what I'm naturally in, mm-hmm. interested in.
1: How did you decide to add in the, the other degree of going into the business school? Because um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you didn't come into UMD um, as a business major? Like You have to apply into it if you're not already like accepted into that directly?
3: right yeah i transferred um or at least added a major and that was a whole separate application process like my sophomore year Uh, adding the business major for me was actually actually a pretty i guess practical or utilitarian decision because even though i made the commitment of coming in to study what i'm truly interested in i think the doubt never went away of like oh no what can i actually do with my gov major so i did I did want to have that fallback, which is really the main motivation mm-hmm. for me getting it.
0: When you were doing the job um, search process for, I guess, internships or even like your job now, did you look for jobs that are mainly government focused or did you already know that you wanted to do business?
3: At first, I did pursue very government focused opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first Actual job, I guess, I tried getting was an internship at the Maryland General Assembly because I saw that was what a lot of my peers did early on. Um, I think that just didn't work out with my schedule driving to Annapolis. Uh, I also applied to um, later on when I was trying to position myself as, okay, how do I get a job that sort of engages both the things I'm studying? I applied to this company. I think it was actually co-founded by an alumni of UMD's TASA. Uh, They do analysis on legislation, basically, and it's like pretty data-oriented. So I thought that was a really cool combo of the two. But I think eventually I I got to a point where I told myself, okay, I kind of lagged behind some of my government peers. Because honestly, actually, I never did a single internship from freshman year until finding this current job that I have. Now I did pursue a lot of really, really cool research opportunities, which is why I think I was fine on like not having any internships. But ultimately I told myself, I went into the business school again for a practical reason because I thought I could get a better job probably coming out of college with a gov or a business degree than with a gov degree. And I just asked myself, what do people in the business school usually go for? And that's when I discovered the whole, the whole big four thing, uh, consulting. Yeah. It's so funny because I feel like before college, everyone's coming in, they're thinking, I want to eventually become a doctor or a lawyer. But then this new third unicorn comes right. out of nowhere. It's like consulting. <laughs> it's like the magical default option for so many majors. And, and so I thought that was pretty interesting. And I, I, I just chose one of the big four, really. I just picked KPMG. And the practice I'm going into is actually advising the federal government on IT systems. So I'm actually glad how it all turned out because it still has to do with my Um, government. I know
1: that you said that you like the combination of it. And I think that's really cool that you were able to find that intersection and like an actual job for it. Uh, But I know previously we talked about how you're also pursuing a four plus one program. Is that what it's called for the business school and academics? So if you could explain that a little more and maybe how that'll play out for your future?
3: Sure, so our school offers a program where you can pursue a master's degree just right after you graduate. So in your senior year, you can start taking grad courses and then finish it all out in the fifth year. I applied into it um, my junior year, and this was before I knew that I was gonna have a job coming out. So I think this that decision for me was kind of an extension of the mentality I've explained before. Like, I guess I need, I, I just want as much backup as I can get. If I can just get another degree in my fifth year, um, you know, that, that, that would be perfect. It would strengthen uh, my business, uh, my business credentials, per se. So I, choose to, I chose to do uh, business analytics because I think as a gov major, I got exposed to a lot of qualitative or quantitative research that is um, looking at an algorithm used by Immigrations and Customs Enforcement to make detention decisions, like, that was really crazy, blew my mind, and I got to investigate that using uh, stuff like regression, using R, all these sorts of data tools. Um, I think now it's a little different because I know I'm going into a full-time job, and I've talked to a lot of people about it, and most of them tell me that I don't actually have to, force myself to do it now that I really have a job because job experience can be more valuable than an advanced degree without job experience Mm -hmm. but I've just been trying to tell myself I've committed to a certain path and I'm gonna try my best to finish it out but who knows I think it's gonna be a lot of work trying to commute to work in like Virginia while taking on classes Mm
2: -hmm. so going to grad school is there anything specific that you want to research on? I'm not sure if this applies to business school, but you do like a whole master's thesis at the end of it, and you have a very specified project. Do you have any idea of what you want to work on?
3: So I think there's a capstone for us. It's not like other um, master's programs. I don't, uh, we don't have to write a thesis or anything like that. I think we just work on some sort of data analysis project for an actual company at the end Um, but what you're talking about i think is probably the more conventional path of what i originally thought i'd take if i went to grad school i'd either be going to law school or a program in the social sciences where i would be working on a thesis and i think i kind of miss that idea because the most inspired i've probably been in my college career was working on uh, research as a Gov major because I got exposed to so many cool things. That later on, when I was only taking business classes, I realized, like, wow, I guess, I guess, like, I really liked being a Gov major, it made me appreciate it more. Because as a part of that project I mentioned, studying immigration, I mean, I got exposed to all kinds of issues that are super relevant now. I got to work with uh, Professor Rayshon Ray of um, the sociology department in his lab for a little bit and I attended like a police implicit bias training all that and it's it's just incredible what I got to look at and what I really value Mm -hmm. as being a gov major. Yeah,
0: It's really interesting hearing you talk about um, research in the social sciences because usually when people say research you think of like sitting in a wet lab (laughs) pipetting stuff but there's so many like broader aspects of research that could be also like Consider under this umbrella term. Um, but do you think you would try to incorporate, like, what you learned from your research into, like, your further career goals? Or do you have any plans of going back into academia slash research?
3: I think I am cut out to be a, <laughs> a professor type eventually. I could definitely do that. I could definitely see myself doing that. But maybe much further down the road. Um, I think what I've taken most practically from that experience is uh, – just learning how to apply good thinking skills and really it helped me cultivate my writing skills, which um, is something that I'm particularly proud of mm-hmm. and having positioned myself as a sort of gov major. Who's not afraid of numbers. Who's not afraid to get into stuff that gov majors aren't usually uh, expected to do. I think that's just very on brand for me and something that I'm going to try to, uh, show off i guess in the future because i'm just open to any sort of opportunities where i can you know do smart (laughs) things and be smart
1: (laughs) um going back to high school when you said you you had taken mostly stem courses um do you think that was like a pressure from parents or peers or just i guess society as a whole where we put more value on stem focused careers and um I mean, I think all three of us kind of felt that pressure especially coming from a magnet program going into college, but it's interesting how you took that and you applied it to how you wanted to do it, which was Gov Paul and business, but with that still analytical like mindset. So that's kind of interesting.
3: Yeah, so I think it did have to do with just the societal <laughs> we live in a idea society. that STEM is more valuable. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But I, I'm saying that because actually none of the pressure came from my parents, really. They just wanted I, I think when I'm when I'm talking about this idea of focusing on cultivating skills over finding any or pursuing any particular passion is very much an ethos that like my mom gave me because she just wants me to do whatever I'm interested in, but just like focus and commit to doing it. But of course, I think just seeing my peers at the time, most of them, of course, they were, they wanted to be doctors in the future, or they just, yeah, they just knew they wanted to do STEM. And that, that was a bias, absolutely, that I had, like, what do I even do with a social science major? I almost thought of my interests as a hobby or something, like not a viable career. Like, when I was in elementary school, I oh. would read history books and like atlases, and that's like... <sighs> That was just kind of like cute and funny, but <laughs> I don't know if that leads me to a paying job eventually. But I mean, I think at the time and as I've like matured, I have a more balanced perspective where it's like you you don't your interests never really go away and I think you should just be open-minded to investigating them eventually, maybe not now. And even some things that aren't academic pursuits for you, they can always be hobbies too. Like nothing wrong with that.
2: Vincent, what are your
3: hobbies? <laughs> My hobbies? Oh no. Um, so I'm pretty into. Um, I'm. I, I suppose <laughs> I hate the term though, but I'm suppose I'm what they call an audiophile because I do have quite a lot of headphones oh, that are quite nice. I just a new pair that I got recently that I'm using right now. And I also built my own headphone amplifier. Like you have to like build the circuits and everything, use like a soldering iron, all that. But yeah, I'm really into my music, high fidelity quality.
0: Yeah, I did not know, really know that about you. you. <laughs> this is a new fact. <laughs> do you like ASMR?
3: ASMR, of course. <laughs> of course I do. Of course we you, you need a you need to use your nice headphones for something, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah. Um, besides like your specific major and that sort of thing, academic wise, Um, when in college, I think another reason we wanted to interview you specifically is because you commuted, sorry, (laughs) you commuted your entire college undergrad career. Um, So, but you were also very involved, which I think is not normally what we think of when we think of commuters. So why did you decide to get involved in TAS, I guess, and other SGA and orgs like that so heavily? Or did you feel like you had to kind of?
3: Right. So SGA was probably, well, it was the first organization I joined. So I, to give some background, I was in SGA for actually three and a half years and pretty involved in TASSO for two years. Um, and those were the two organizations and real, really the only two that right off the bat, I knew I wanted to join SGA. I felt like, I mean, Since I'm a Gov major, I'm going all in on this. But also, it's a really good way, I think, to have met some of the most motivated people and most conscientious people. It was really a good decision in the long term, I think. But yeah, I had this idea in my mind starting freshman year. I need to find a way to plant myself on campus as much as possible. Now, as to how that played out, I think I definitely learned there are some huge limitations. uh, You know, coming home every evening to like your own your own bedroom is kind of weird like it's not it's a very different experience from i i can't i mean i can't even speak on what it's like to live on campus because i just commuted all four Mm -hmm. years you know
2: Mm -hmm. i feel like your perspective would be especially helpful now that we're doing online classes and people like kind of have to commute um to be able to get involved
3: yeah um i think for one thing i was blessed because it's always been a pretty comfortable situation at home. I think what's tough now for people in quarantine is they might not have a great relationship with their parents or it's just not an environment or it's conducive to their ability uh, to learn and study. Because actually I would still stay on campus for as long as I could. Like I'd always catch the very last bus or metro train um, possible just so I could stay in the library to study. Uh, I know some people would even Mm -hmm. stay overnight on campus, but I never did that. So I definitely still had uh, certain luxuries that people now in quarantine definitely don't have.
2: Mm-hmm. How do you think COVID affected your, I guess, job search process and your job in the future?
3: Uh, I was lucky because I found my job in just the semester before this whole thing started. How it will affect my job, it my job as a a sort of consultant or advisor it does actually involve a lot of in, um travel within the country i think because you have to go to client sites so i'm not too sure about the particulars of how my job works but i think it will have um, a significant impact on how it's done
1: do you think you'll i mean we, we talked about it previously but now i think with everything with covid um people are, have that time or are forced to have that time to think about their futures more or what role it might play as being like remote now, all of a sudden, uh, do you think that influences your, I guess, perception of your job or your mindset going into it of, oh, I had this idea that I would be going to the office like every day, but now that we're starting off remote, does that change your attitude towards it? I guess.
3: Um, I think I've, I've learned to get pretty comfortable at home having been <laughs> a commuter for four years. So it's funny how, how external circumstances have caused my life to feel a little stagnant, mm-hmm. I would say. I'd say that's my only worry. We're entering a time when we're supposed to be more independent, um, go out on our own. A lot of possibilities, like finding your own place to live, I think, are going to be indefinitely postponed. For me, the plan originally was always that I could stay at home sort of as long as I wanted to because I' mean sure the savings are attractive. But I think those thoughts are sort of entering my mind like, okay, <laughs> I'm stuck here yeah. for a while. Um, what do mm-hmm. I do next?
2: So do you have any advice based on your college experience that you would like to impart?
3: Sure. So I think the first thing, again, the whole thing with me was just feeling this pressure of, oh, no, I'm not necessarily super passionate in what I'm learning about. But the fallback for me was always just focus on getting good at whatever you need to be good at to succeed in your field. And at least you'll pick up certain skills that can be applied anywhere, no matter what you're trying to do. So for me, those skills were like writing, public speaking, and just communication, I think, was a strong point for me. Um, I also think to go back to the topic of STEM sort of being viewed as more valuable or just the most practical path to take. I mean, really, they say the same thing as business. And so I feel like I have insight as a double degree in those both those fields. Um, I think you should just ignore that. So like, shout out to all the liberal arts and social science (laughs) majors listening, because I think especially now that we're at a time where it's important to understand the world, be self-critical of your views, the ability to do those things, um, it's really cultivated by those two fields I mentioned, the liberal arts and social sciences, in a way that I don't think are necessarily engaged, to be completely honest, um, in say undergraduate business you don't necessarily learn to be critical of your own views in the same way. Um.
1: Yeah, I think your first uh, bit of advice about just learning the skills, even if you're not sure of how you're going to apply them in the future, is really helpful for a lot of people, and even myself, because it's really a lot of pressure when you come into college thinking you have to choose a major, and that major will dictate the rest of your life, basically, but you're Advice, I guess, to just pick up the skills that you're interested along the way, you'll find a way to apply them. I think that's really helpful for a lot of people and reassuring too.
3: <laughs> Good to hear.
1: Um, <laughs> do you have any final bits of advice
0: for anyone else, um, maybe commuter? Maybe any advice about yeah, being a commuter, getting involved in campus.
3: Um, I would say probably just. try try things i i when i started off i mean in addition to Tasa and sga i think i randomly went to like a fencing club meeting that was really interesting (laughs) i mean i didn't end up doing it because my schedule was so packed actually if anything i should say avoid sga if you want a lot of time to yourself because it's a huge time commitment really like those um general body meetings on wednesdays i mean they changed the day of the week every year but it was wednesdays for most of my time there those things took up to three, even, what, I've what been in that, like six hour group? long meetings <laughs> a kind of time. Yeah, what was that?
2: A dangerous group?
3: <laughs> a dangerous, was it, was it dangerous? Well, no, it, it's a good kind of danger. You, you get in there and you, you expose yourself to a lot of people with different views. That's the reason why I would suggest it. But I stayed there for, I had a longer tenure than most people and I can see why. Having been involved in uh, that organization, why people kind of leave? Because you do get disillusioned, I, I suppose, think, after right. some time. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, yeah. About
1: SGA, it was, it's interesting because everyone I talk to that's in it is so involved, or like it's such a big part of their college career. But then, as someone who's not in it, the only time I think about SGA is like when they send out emails or make
0: yeah. voting we don't hear much announcements. about what you guys. So do. it's interesting
1: how yeah. I think this applies to any uh, kind of organization where you can get really like in deep in but then like to the outside i guess it doesn't seem as um i don't know it's not like on their mind uh,
3: i i mean i know exactly what you're talking about as someone who was an sga and if, if you guys ever wanted to do a whole episode <laughs> on sga or just organize yeah, student true. organizations i could be your guy because um I mean, i I suppose it's getting a little off topic, so I'll keep it short. But yeah, there's a big disparity between I think what people think they're doing inside the organization and what it presents as. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly, the people who I think people who self-select to join that type of organization uh, mm-hmm. do so with good motives, like they genuinely want change. But when you when you're in it, you start to realize. There are so many structural obstacles between wanting to do something and actually getting it done and and really i think that view seeing how how a student government works was actually sort of an organic addition to my education as a gov major like it's i really do see sga as a microcosm (laughs) of the real world like all, all the good things and kind of especially the bad things too, like the issues that they ran into talking about, for example, like what is systemic racism? I'll be frank. Like, I think I actually got to understand, like, how does that arrive when you have decent people trying to do good things? How come they end up playing into these bad rules that are in place? Mm-hmm. Well, that was a pretty loaded yeah. answer I feel like I needed well we were it's talking about post-grad about it, yeah. though, right yeah.
0: well do you have any last words that you want to put in any last <laughs> last last words
3: You've, you, you, last you story never, yeah I mean I mean okay I guess I, I, you guys are helping me out because I did tell Linda that I had a bit of a story about almost working for an MLM, <laughs> an MLM that I wanted to tell um, so I, yeah I'll, I'll finish it off with that because that was a lesson so I guess this happened actually kind of recently. It was in the summer of 2019. Like I said, I've never really done any internships. And at that point, I had genuinely tried to apply to a good number of places, like, I don't know, like Accenture, some other smaller mm-hmm. companies that were pretty gov and business related. So, I mean, I was just desperate. I saw this random company on LinkedIn, and it seemed like a pretty easy requirement. I sent in the resume. And so it ultimately turns out that, this place, like the actual quote unquote interview, was they lured you to their office, okay, and then they took you on this whole day where you just went door to door to these businesses, like just regular old businesses, bothering the receptionist, trying to make them buy like paper clips oh or like stationery. And it was really sus. Like when I th- think back on it, there were just so <laughs> many red flags that are so obvious to me now, but. I was was stuck. And the reason why I was stuck was that I looked at this, I'm like, okay, this seems to be a very crappy sales job. But it's, it's legitimate work, as they say, like, there are some people whose jobs are just like the traditional salesmen of decades ago, going door to door. And I guess in my mind, I thought I needed to put myself through that because having relatively (laughs) little work experience, I thought I could say, hey, look, I was on the grind. (laughs) I, you know, I I was out there walking in that underneath that hot blazing summer sun, (laughs) selling paper clips to these receptionists. Okay, so it shows I have work ethic, right? Everything, but I could see the bigger picture because, I mean, I actually did tons of. I ended up doing tons of research between sort of accepting the position and ultimately telling them, "Hey, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna (laughs) do this." Um, I looked into it. Apparently, now that this isn't just any old MLM, like people are, already know, like Cutco knives and like the, yeah. the college painting yeah. one, those ones are obvious. Mm-hmm. Like you should know not to do those. But this one is owned by like this really shadowy <laughs> company called Sidcore, that actually sort of, if you want to call it, franchises its <laughs> operations to multiple different local businesses, all with different oh, names wow. that pretend to be like local marketing companies. So it wasn't obvious. What was obvious and what, the the part that will always stay in my mind about when I should have just gotten out of the office and ran was when I heard the people in, like, another separate room just chanting slogans <laughs> like there was some sort of cult. And then they all just walked out and started giving each other, like, high fives. And, you know, it was a kind of camaraderie of people who are just... <laughs> suffering altogether <laughs> it's not that they were excited and happy to be there it was just this very weird cult-like atmosphere a real which dangerous is a group really big red flag of an mlm so again not to necessarily trash on like what that job is itself because there are people who will tell you like yeah you could actually make a killing on commission if you just do a good job but the main point of that story at least for me was whenever i look back on it I I put myself in sort of this this mental trap of, okay, I know this is terrible, but I felt so desperate at the time, like I needed to do it mm-hmm. to prove myself mm-hmm. or something. But really what I needed to do and what thankfully I ultimately did was I just recognized my worth. Like, I know that I have other valuable skills that could be mm-hmm. put to much better use. Like if I wanted to do this job, I could. And I'm sure I'd be good at it because communication is one of my strengths. But like, what is this ultimately going to get me? It's just going to get me underpaid and very stressed out. Um, so I would say my final piece of <laughs> my my last, last, last <laughs> parting words would be just believe in yourself and your ability and your abilities. Because if you know what your skills are, then you are, then someone's going to find wow. them attractive. You know? I
1: feel like that could apply Beautiful. to a lot of stuff beyond <laughs> just jobs, about just your own self-worth, but that was really great.
2: Thanks,
0: Vincent. Thank you so much.
3: Yeah, thank you for inviting me.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So we learned a lot of new things about Vincent today. Um, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing your perspective and your experiences. I feel like you have a very unique um, background and view. Around things like commuting social science so it was very helpful
1: yes
3: yeah thanks for having me
2: thank you bye <laughs> bye
0: all right so our next guest on our podcast is our good friend raka um hello we first <laughs> met him through Ming. So Ming met him in a mutual class that they had. And then I met Raka through working at the Eastern Front Desk because he was a resident there at the time. So we've known Raka since, I think, sophomore year. And he's also our photographer for all of our profile (laughs) pictures. So shout out to him. thank you. Thank you. (laughs)
4: I'm honored. Do
0: you want to give a quick intro to yourself, Raka?
4: a quick intro um, yeah so
0: what have you been up to re- recently
4: oh what i've been up to oh yeah okay uh-huh. so um this summer's been pretty chill pretty lax i mean i've just been staying at home you know being a good citizen and uh not uh <laughs> not risking myself to the to the open um but let's be honest i probably would have done the same if it wasn't a corona or something i'd stay at home all the time that's just me though
0: so basically all our friends are like indoor yeah I'm, I'm just a homebody people. like
4: what can i say
0: Homebodies.
4: but um other than that like um it's been like i said pretty relaxing um you know i've just been working on like some programming projects i, I still work for the orientation office as their web intern so i'll like wow. occasionally uh work on um, stuff for them um but yeah other than that um not much else been watching a lot of anime and reading manga
0: <laughs> what what series are you watching
4: what just series watching? um well so after break i pretty much was introduced or reintroduced i guess to the world of anime so i've just been like non-stop watching it's kind of crazy but um my favorite ones that i've watched recently are like demon slayer um oh. mm-hmm. and uh, love is war
2: really i used to watch that stamp yeah <laughs>
4: Mm-hmm. but uh, i highly recommend love is war it's very good uh, it's a rom-com with a lot of comedy so that's why i like it but yeah that's all i've been doing not much else kind of sad mm-hmm. uh thinking about it now it's so, <laughs> like nah, it's fun it's funny
0: um sad. do you have any job pl- you have a job lined up for the fall right <laughs> yeah so do you want to uh, talk about that
4: yeah sure um yeah so i was like fortunate enough to um have been accepted into the technology development program at Capital One. So this August, I start my position as um, a technology development program associate at their McLean office in Virginia. Um, So it's gonna be online um, from like August to like early mid-September, because that's when the offices open back up, uh, which means that I'll have to do my onboarding online, which is gonna be interesting. truthfully but um I'm still excited regardless and then Mm -hmm. uh we don't have to go into the offices until like um, 90 days after they open back up so um I don't know I guess uh I'll see when I like actually find a place in Virginia because I would not commute from Baltimore to Virginia that would be too much (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's been pretty uh, good
1: a background on your major or how I guess how you went from high school to getting this job at Capital One. Maybe um, if you had any experience in high school that transferred over to college.
4: Yeah, no. I mean, um, so I really first um, knew that I wanted to do CS uh, when I took um, this uh, AP computer science class my sophomore year of high school. Um, at the time, it was just kind of like I took an AP class just because, you know, at the time, you just kind of take APs to take APs, right? <laughs> Um, and I was like, oh, computer science, that's pretty cool. Like like, making video games would seem pretty cool. It was, it was pretty much simple like that. Um, then I realized that like, I was actually kind of good at it relative to my like classmates, I'm not like a pro or expert, but, um, um, it was fun. It it was like challenging enough that I continued to like it. And then I just decided from then that, um, I might pursue it as a career. I did some more research into it and I saw that it was a really hot field. Um, and it was only gonna <laughs> grow even more so I was like why not like pursue it and so I shifted my focus from um, at the time I was uh, I was at high school for in an engineering program um, and then I decided um, when I went to college that I would pursue computer science um, mm-hmm. but yeah so that's like kind of like how I got into my major um, but yeah did
1: you always know you wanted to do STEM? Because you said you started out in an engineering program. Was your, I think, was your high school uh, like a STEM magnet program? Or correct me if I'm wrong, but how, yeah. like why STEM basically?
4: Um, well, so yeah, my high school was a magnet program. It wasn't all STEM. Um, we had other like major it was it STEAM? concentrations. Yeah, it was STEAM, I guess. <laughs> um, but... Um, Engineering was like what was like one of the more popular programs at the time. And, um, back in like ninth grade or when I was moving into high school, I wanted to be an architect like my dad. And my dad was like, why do you want to like follow my footsteps? Go do something else. (laughs) (laughs) And then, so I was like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll take this time to like, kind of like decide what I want to do. And, um, taking the engineering classes uh, in high school was like, they weren't bad, but, um, I just didn't really find myself enjoying them as much um and then when i like i said when i took apcs i i really was like hooked into it um it was only like a, the beginning like i i definitely don't think that like just taking apcs was what made me decide like oh computer science is what i want to do it was more like when i was applying to colleges and like having to pick out a major i was like hmm, like what do i want to pursue and then doing my research um i decided that i wanted to pursue com- computer science because um you know it was pretty good it was hot Um, and coming out of college you make like a pretty good amount of money starting so that's why i went into it
2: the roles of like getting more serious into cs was it hard getting your first internship or getting into the job position that you have now
4: yeah so in terms of finding my first cs internship it it was kind of difficult at the start so like um umd is really good in it for its cs program like they have a cs career fair for both semesters um fall and spring uh the thing is though a lot of uh, companies that I, at least the ones i was looking at um, they tended to um have a more of a focus towards um getting like juniors because the idea is um you know like if, if you're taking juniors as an intern there's a more likely there's a higher likelihood that they'll like matriculate into like a Mm full-time position at the company. So that way they're not like quote unquote wasting time training you. um, And then they'll be able to take you on after. Um, That's not to say though that like it's impossible to get an internship at like the lower or like your freshman or sophomore year. Um, I definitely have a lot of friends who've done it. But for me personally, I actually didn't get my first or I guess only CS internship until um, junior year. which was at um jp morgan um in delaware and um the actual process itself wasn't too difficult um at least i feel i feel like by the time i had applied um the classes that i took at umd prepared me sufficiently like well enough that like when i was applying it seemed like uh, pretty straightforward um i actually i remember when i got like the call that gave me the offer i was like they were like hey so um You made it this far. And this was only like the, this was after a technical interview and then like a behavioral interview over the phone. And then after that, they were like, uh, you got it. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, wait, it was that easy or is that, is that simple? Cause I kept hearing about like all these other, all my other friends applying to like, um, these other companies and having like four or five interviews before they even got like a decision. And that wasn't even to say like, they got the job like that. You could have still even been declined after like four interviews. But for me, I was fortunate enough that it was, like, pretty simple. Um, And then it was actually, I think, my only, like, the only offer I got. Like, as soon as I got it, I was like, I'm I'm done. Like, this is stressful. (laughs) I'm just going to accept it. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that's kind of how I um, got my first internship. And it was really good. I I really enjoyed it. I I learned a lot um, being able to work in the field firsthand, um, even as an intern. Um, So, yeah, it was pretty worthwhile.
1: When you were... um going through your like i guess college um, like classes for CS there's like so many different areas right in that entire field so did you have something in mind specifically that you wanted to work on or a certain area of CS that you wanted to do or like how did you even bother to apply to cuz when i think capital one or banking or j p morgan i don't immediately think of cs you know
4: yeah no that's a good question um yeah so like actually like, to be honest, when I was, you know, like even during the CS program, like myself, like even going into my junior or senior year, there was still like a lot of uncertainty as to what exactly I wanted to do in CS. Because CS is a really wide field. Mm-hmm. It's, like it's a huge umbrella. You can do so many things in it. Um, that's like one of the ba- main reasons why it's like so popular is because you can do a lot. But at the same time, like it's, it's kind of hard for someone starting out, um, to pinpoint like a field that they want to like pursue especially if you're not necessarily like so laser focused on a certain field like i know i have a lot of friends who who know exactly what they want to do when they get out like maybe they want to work in like natural language processing or machine learning or data science Um, but for me i was just like ah like i just want my degree Uh, i'll get a (laughs) job (laughs) and i'll see where it goes from there because to me it was hard for me to like make an like a concrete decision on what I wanted to do in the future because I feel like if I if I should at least have some experience working in the field before I like really set out to be an expert in like one of these fields um and so like my whole like mentality going through college is just kind of like get the best education in like general CS kind of like dabble in like certain Uh, fields by taking some of the classes they had, um, which were more specialized, like machine learning or, um, Mm -hmm. you know, data science, these things, and kind of see which things I like the most. Um, But yeah, I mean, like, it it really was like, for me, it wasn't like concrete. Um, Like, I remember, like, initially starting out, I I wanted to do like, um, augmented reality or virtual reality. Um, So I joined the club. But, um, you know, as I as I moved on through, like, my years at college, I decided maybe that's not really what I want to do. And then after my internship, I I realized that, like, hey, I I really like, you know, full stack development. I like working on front end, back end, these types of things. And so maybe that's what I want to do, or at least starting out. Like, um, to me, I think, like capital one like this this full time position that i've accepted is sort of like a stepping stone into the future mm-hmm. it's kind of like a launch pad i don't know where it'll take me but um i just know that it's a, it's a good place to start so
0: mm-hmm. well, how much of your experience would you ex- like attribute to your classes and how much did you actually have to like self learn or like for the job specifically
4: yeah no that's uh that's a really popular question i think when asking anyone in cs going into like the professional field um, i think that Getting a college degree in CS is important to learn the fundamentals to like build to build like get the building blocks for like you know a career in CS. But I definitely think that it won't give you all of the necessary tools to you know be like like super successful already when you when you get a full time job. Like there are going to be times when when as soon as you get into the like professional field that you're gonna like still like learn new things it's not like you get a degree and suddenly you know everything Um, to me I think my experience in the computer science program helped me to learn how to be a a computer scientist um, to be able to adapt and learn new skills as they come Um, because like uh, for example right like my internship um, I think that a lot of the knowledge that um, like I could have definitely done all right at least at the very minimum, like I could have done like, all right, after having taken like my sophomore year classes, like it wasn't super intense that I had to like, take all of these advanced 400 level classes to do well. Um, it was more when I got to that internship, they kind of like expected that I had a minimum or baseline level of knowledge. And then from then they trained me to be more proficient in these specific skill sets, like working with specific technologies or things like that um it was really cool and interesting to learn how to learn essentially like being in like a professional workplace um you're not expected to know everything but you're expected to at least try your best to learn as you go um Mm -hmm. and i think that was like the most important takeaway i got from my internship
5: do you feel
2: you'll stay at your job at capital one for a long term
4: um I've, i've thought about this personally um I think that it's, it, I feel like it's too early for me to make a decision outright whether or not I'll like stay for a really long time or leave like as soon as my um, minimum two years are up. Cause that's when the program ends. Um, it, it all depends on whether or not I like it and decide to continue um, a career there. Um, I have friends in, in both places um, who like, you know, like have a mentality of, I want to stay at a place for like not too long. Like I want to like hop between companies to like skyrocket up into the hierarchy. (laughs) Um, and I have other friends who are like, um, this is a pretty comfy position. I'll stay here for a while. And I definitely see the merit in both. Um, for me personally, um, like I said, like it really depends on like how well I fit into that, um, environment. Um, I definitely have like high hopes on like, um, liking it there just because um everyone I've talked to um whether it be like current um TDPs like me who are currently in the program or friends yeah TDPs the technology development program associates it's (laughs) it's 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 much easier than saying the full name out but um like talking to them um they they've always like everyone has said that they've really enjoyed it there um and you know, like, like they say that, like, oh, yeah, like you, you do like pretty interesting work, but like you're also not like overworked, like your your hours aren't like um, you have to stay more than like 40 hours a week or anything. Because that's like one of the things that like I, I looked for in a company is like the culture fit, whether or not like I would like working there and, you know, if I would have time outside of work to like enjoy life, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so if like all those conditions are met, then I don't really have too much of a reason to leave su- immediately. Um, especially cause moving sucks. And like, if, if I'm like settled into a place, I'd probably stay there for at least a little bit longer. Um, uh, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, like, um, I think, I think it's something that like, m- I might like change my opinion on, but at the moment I- I'd say like, I'd probably stay for at least two or three years. Yeah.
1: I have a question. Um, you mentioned earlier how you're already know that you're going to be onboarding from remotely. Um, and, and that you'll be remote for a little bit longer. Um, do you think being remote, maybe not you specifically, but in general for people who work in the tech field CS where, uh, it's not like a skill that you have to be like in person for necessarily. Do you think, um, coronavirus and being remote and everything has changed your outlook on the field in terms of would you ever consider working remote like permanently or do you think it's feasible to have um, companies that are mostly remote like what is your perspective on that in terms of computer science?
4: In terms of computer science, I'd say for computer science, it, it, I mean, it definitely depends on like the position you're in. There's like some positions I know for sure. Like if you're working with like infrastructure, like hands-on, like that's still technically computer science. Like if you're working like maybe like IT or something like that and along those lines, then you, you have to like physically be there on some occasions. Um, but for the majority, I think of CS, the, I think it's like a field where we're fortunate enough that like, in order to complete our tasks, we don't necessarily have to be locked into a, vis- a physical position. Um, you know, like that's why, um, it, it's so nice f- for us, um, that we can work. Um, even though that we're not in the office, like, um, like capital one, like they, they already, they, they also know this, like, um, they're sending us like work laptops for us to use, um, uh, to, in order for us to do our work. And so like that's just like an example of like how like a lot of these companies um, have adapted to like the modern world and like how you're not necessarily locked in to working in like a cubicle um, in order to get your tasks done. Uh, You'll you see this already with like Twitter and how they announced that from now on, like you don't have to work in the office like forever. Like, you don't have to come in if you don't want to, things like that. And honestly, like, I I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of companies would move into that direction where, you know, like you don't have to come into the office all five days of the week. Um, you can come in for like whenever there's meetings, but then as long as you get your tasks done, um, it's fine. Like there, there's no real burden on you to have to come into the office, um, and work in person. Um, So, yeah.
1: I think it's uh, just interesting because uh, I guess a lot of times for people who are applying for CS internships or a lot of what I hear, not necessarily everyone, but one of the things about CS internships or jobs are like the perks of going to that space, that campus where you have a lot of things provided for you in some like higher level companies. So it'd be interesting to see like if you think more people would apply or less people would apply because of this remote situation. But that's interesting to hear.
4: Yeah, no, I mean, what you said is like definitely true. Like there are a lot of perks of like going to the office. Like I I would be lying if I said that there weren't, Like, um, like even myself, like even though we don't have to necessarily go into the office, um, for a set period of time after they open back up. I want to just because I haven't really been around these offices myself personally. Um, and I want to see what it's like, uh, you know, like I have been to the Richmond office, but I haven't really been to the McLean office and, um, you know, there are like pros and cons, um, to, you know, just working at home or like working in a place that has like all of the facilities you need right there for you. Um, Yeah, I think it it comes down to preference at the end of the day for some people, Um, but I'll definitely see whether or not I like, I really like working from home or if I'd rather work at the office. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. Speaking of physical places, um, I know there's like a, when you think of CS, you think of like Silicon Valley, like Sam, I guess the West Coast, there's so many tech companies out there. Um, do you like notice a difference when speaking to your other CS friends of people like companies that are in the West Coast versus East Coast? Yeah. And have you ever thought about moving to the West Coast for yeah, this job? Yeah,
4: definitely. I've, I've had a lot of conversations with my friends about whether or not like any of us would want to move out to the West. Um, um, I think personally um, and after talking with like my friends, um, I definitely like see the appeal of, you know, working on the in the West Coast or living there. Um, but for me personally, I think I at the moment anyways, like this could very well change. But um, I probably personally wouldn't um, just because, you know, living in the West, uh, it's it's expensive, like, you know, um, yeah. living in like if you worked in Silicon Valley or like in California or wherever, like even though you do make like these six figure salaries, the the baseline for a lot of these places is like not that far off. So what might look like a really high salary? might not be as high when you account for, like, cost of living and things like that. Um, it's hard for me to say whether or not, like, one is better than the other just because I've never worked on the West Coast or, um, you know, I've had friends who've worked there, but, like, I, it's hard for me to say personally because I haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I will say from, like, observing at least my friends or, like, you know, watching videos online from other people who have shared their experiences is that, like, the West Coast definitely has, like, more of an air of, like, competitiveness um mm. i definitely see how like a lot of people who do work on the west west coast tend to be like more competitive there might be like there may be more burnout in some cases where like people don't necessarily stay at companies for too long um you know mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons uh, whether it's because like they want to move up in the you know corporate ladder or whatever um or for any other reason um But I think I, like, personally, like, I chose the East Coast because, you know, I've lived on the East Coast my whole life. Um, I didn't want to move too far away from my parents, um, at least while I was, like, starting out. Um, And it's also, like I said, like, it's cheaper living on the East Coast rather than on the West Coast, um, at least right now. And then, um, yeah, uh, yeah, that's at least my thoughts on it right now.
2: That makes a lot of sense. Do you have any advice for people are who are still in college, or for people who are trying to get into? the Yeah, no, space there's here? definitely.
4: I think like <laughs> there's always like pieces of advice that I've accumulated through my time at college. You um, sound
2: like an orientation.
4: Advice I was I was literally <laughs> just gonna allude to that because like I've always been asked like, oh, you have advice for like you know incoming freshmen, for p- prospective students, or whatnot, um, and yeah, I mean like um, for like one of the main things that. Um, I tell people is to, um, you know, not be afraid to try new things. I know that sounds really cliche, Mm -hmm. but like, it's, it's, it's really true that, um, if you don't, um, try to step out of your shell, then you're not really going to grow as a person per se. Um, I can speak this on a personal level because, you know, my freshman, sophomore year, I was, I was pretty much like, I went to class and I went back to my dorm room. That was it. Like that was like my whole existence. It was really simple. Um, at the time I didn't really mind it. Um, but then once I, you know, decided to expand my horizons, so to say, and after like becoming an orientation advisor, I, <laughs> I learned that like, you know, like college can be more than just going to your classes. It, it can be, you know, you know, making new friends and um, you know, like a major outside of your own or like, you know, being involved in organizations that you, you might not have thought, um, to even think about in the first place. Um, I think like, like me personally, like, uh, being an orientation advisor and becoming an organizer for hackathons was, were, were definitely like highlights of my college career that if I hadn't, you know, stepped out of my comfort zone, I would have never experienced them, um, personally. Uh, and, and similar to that note, like, uh, you know, college, it's like, uh, it's a good time to further your education, but it's also important to look at the other aspects, you know, um, like social extracurricular, uh, you are going mainly to get an education. Yes. But like college experience is definitely something that like, you won't be able to get at anywhere else really. Um, and yeah, so like that, those are just like some pieces of advice, I guess I'd say. Um, and then for like people who are, I guess looking to get into like the professional world. Um, I definitely think that, um, you know, after having been through at least having some experience working in my field of choice, um, I definitely think that uh, when I was applying to, to jobs or, you know, places to work, um, employers definitely saw or looked for like soft skills. Um, as much as hard skills I think Mm. especially in CS a lot of people are always like focused like laser focused on like the technology aspect like how many programming languages do you know or you know (laughs) things like that but like honestly a lot of these companies would much rather have someone that you know they could work in a team and they'd feel comfortable around Mm. Um, a lot of these things they can teach you like on the job like you mentioned before or like you alluded to before but like some things like being a good person or like a good coworker, are things that like you know you develop through working with others that aren't necessarily as easy to teach as like you know how to use a programming language or something and so definitely like you know for me developing my soft skills was orientation or being a resident assistant um a lot of these things that you know i wouldn't have experience had i just stayed in my room all the time so that's that's just like a little bit of advice i guess from my experience in college
0: that was a very good (laughs) well-rounded advice i'd say thank you yeah you gave so much good advice do you have anything else that you wanted to add
4: Um, any last points yeah any last points uh,
0: last thoughts about college <laughs> last about thoughts life. About, <laughs> about
4: life wow this is getting really deep <laughs> um i don't know um you know i
1: actually i had a question yeah a very you can answer briefly but um a lot of what you've talked about about cs is that it's teachable or that being able to be taught is one of the greater skills in it um, and you had experience through um, high school of doing computer science but what would you say to someone who comes into college like really interested in the field because as you said several times before it's hot <laughs> it's a hot field yeah. but like you don't know anything about computer science like for example our high school we had a stem program but we didn't have a specific computer science track or anything like that so and we had no ap computer science class. Yeah. Oh, wow.
0: do you so, think hard. it's
1: feasible at least from your experience of being able to make it even through college uh, with no ex- experience in high school
4: um yeah i mean of course uh you know like i have a lot of friends who started out coming into college with no experience um you know like cs is like is one of those like i guess majors where I don't, i don't know like how many other majors are like this but like it has a very wide range of people coming in you know some people have been coding since they were 10 And other people literally decided on a whim that they wanted to do computer science because you make a lot of money or (laughs) things like that. Um, But I mean, like, I definitely think that you don't necessarily need to start out with like a base level of knowledge coming into college at least because that's what college is for, right? It's for learning. Um, There's a reason why there's intro classes in college. It's for those people who might not have gotten this experience in high school. Definitely, I think what's more important, at least for CS, is uh, having that, Um, you know, that willingness to learn. um, And even though like there might be like hard concepts, like maybe you might not be the best at math or something, at least like putting in the effort to learn it or at least like learn like the base level, um, it can go a long way. Um, You know, like you don't have to come in as this prodigy, uh, you could just come in, you know, wanting to learn more about it. And, and even if it's not, it doesn't even have to be for a major. Like I know like a ton of people who pick it up as a minor or just something because like, you know, like they wanted to take a class because they know that even though they're like a business major or something like that, um, having experience working with like technology is a really valuable skill set, especially in this day and age. And so if you have people who are coming in from That's like other majors, uh, like th- learning these skills and whatnot then it's just a testament to you know how accessible it is for anyone um and i definitely think that like computer science is 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 something that would be beneficial for anyone to learn regardless of whether or not you decide to pursue it as a major you know because we are in the digital age it's it's becoming more and more important that you know you you are able to work with technology or at least know how to dabble with it um in any case, like I'm a firm believer that, you know, like just a computer science degree alone isn't enough to make you great. What what makes someone great is like being able to apply those skills um in a with another field. Like, you know, like for example, like uh if you like biology and computer science, you can go into bioinformatics. Those people make a lot of money because they know how to work with both fields. Um so computer science I think is more of like a I think it it should be a central skill for at least people to like work with a little bit like that being said it's not like everyone has to become a computer scientist I do not think that everyone should be a computer scientist um because it's not for everyone I I like I realize that but at least I think people should be exposed to it which is why I I really like that like you know in the high school level more and more people are being exposed to it it's being taught as like one of the core skills in a lot of places and it's only going to grow um, and so, hopefully, at least my hope is that this will continue on in the future, and more and more people will be adept at working with technology than in the past.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, <laughs> that was like, a really good thought. Thank you. Yeah, I was. Th- I always wanted to learn. To one, want- I always wanted to have like a background in computer science. Um, I was. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's I never it too late helpful. to learn. Like, I mean,
4: ask Ming. <laughs> yeah,
0: there's still <laughs> a lot of like boot camp kind of programs that you could do to learn um cs in a short amount of time yeah but yeah for now i mean
4: yeah i could definitely uh um, link like you i'll link you uh the, the, the course <laughs> More that links that ming ming ming, ming knows uh the, the html course that yeah you're at. isn't it really good mm-hmm. like
1: it is it's a very good like very good intro course for people who have no background in it like me mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely there's different something that i guess i've learned is that there's so many different levels of cs though like or areas because yeah i know html and css now but i don't know i feel like that's more helpful for what i want to do with it mm-hmm. which yeah. is kind of goes what to what you were talking about how
0: you can use cs as like a, a tool mm-hmm. kind of to apply yeah, it even in biology um like in my job we're using a program called ImageJ for image analysis because we do microscopes um <laughs> So, like, one of the things, you can you can code macros into the program, and it uses JavaScript. And I don't know anything about <laughs> JavaScript, so I wish I knew. <laughs>
4: well, now you can learn it. Uh. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. All
0: right. Well, thank you so much for coming on to our podcast mm-hmm. and sharing your, your advice, your knowledge. <laughs>
4: yeah i mean thank you for having me i'm very honored to be on this esteemed podcast
1: oh my gosh it was nice hearing from a different perspective from that's like you know unique from bio or science especially because computer science is seen as such a like ooh like it has the clout right now <laughs>
4: yeah, it has a lot of clout it definitely now. has
1: a lot of clout so it's interesting to hear it from someone who's actually going into that field so thank you
4: yeah no problem my pleasure
0: thank you bye bye Peace out.
4: <laughs> Thanks.
1: okay so we just heard from raka and vincent and so for our final third guest we have kayla um kayla has been a longtime friend for me personally and for all of us i met kayla actually in middle school we kind of knew of each other and then in high school we really got to know each other um, she went to the same high school as all three of us and was in the same science and tech program. So I guess we can talk about that more a little later on. But Kayla, do you want to introduce yourself, give a little bit about your
5: background? Sure. So my name is Kayla Brown. I am a recent grad of the University of Maryland. I majored in atmospheric and oceanic science, which I would not recommend if anyone is going <laughs> to UND. Um Right now, I'm just um, like transitioning into my post role. I'm technically still a student in my current position, but sometime within the next month or so, I'll be a full-time employee of the Department of Homeland Security. So that's oh. exciting, very different, not with, like not at all how I expected my post-grad plans to go, but I'm not disappointed in it. So that's me. Mm-hmm.
1: I think we were interested in having you on, of course, because you're a friend, but also because of all the people I know that have graduated, I think you're the only one that I know that works for the government or has even before you graduated so it's a like a different perspective so uh you might not be able to go into like the specific specifics of your job but maybe how you got from your major of atmospheric and oceanic
5: sciences to
1: a job with the government
5: yeah so the government I think each agency has this thing called like pathway students where as long as you're enrolled in either university you can even be a high school student like be getting your bachelor's your master's pc doesn't matter um as long as you're like a part-time student you can work in a government agency and the goal is to convert you to a full-time employee at the end of your degree period so i found out about it because there's a woman at my church who works for hr where i work now and she basically pulled me aside and told me like hey you should do this it's a really good opportunity and i'm very i was very opportunistic in college so like any opportunity i was like <laughs> grabbing it yeah. so basically i just applied and it took like i think i applied in the end of may of 2018 and i started in march of 2019 so it was a very long waiting period but i think it was really worth it because it's a really good way to just get your foot in the door in like a federal position I never dreamed of working for the government. That really wasn't my plan. I thought I was gonna go into like private sector or research or academia, but now that I'm in it, I'm really thankful for the opportunity because you can jump in and out, and you'll always have like that experience or that clearance, which is really really useful, especially if I do decide to leave and go into like a private sector position.
0: Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> So, I guess let's go back to, like, your background. So, we mentioned that we're, we all came from the same high school, like, STEM magnet program. Did um, being in that program affect your decisions for post-grad or college uh, choices? It
5: affected my college choices a lot. The only reason that I be- became the an atmospheric and oceanic science major was because mm-hmm. we did that um, research project our senior year of high school, and my mentor mm-hmm. was a guy who worked for NOAA, and he like really encouraged me to do that. Cause I think I was going to be like chemical engineering or something like that. And then I was like, okay, well, he says there's like a lot of opportunities. So I did it. And my freshman year, I really enjoyed the major. Sophomore year, I was like, oh, this is kind of hard. And like junior and senior <laughs> year was like, I really didn't understand what I got myself into because I expected it to be like conceptual, but it was basically a physics math engineering degree. Combined to one. So in some ways, I think it was beneficial because I did learn a lot of like useful skills like programming um, and did some upper level math that I think makes me look like a good candidate for a job <laughs> is ultimately the only thing I was like concerned about. So high school definitely pushed me into a STEM career. Looking back on it, like Ming and I were talking about it earlier, I don't know if I would have been a STEM major had I not done the science and tech program I probably would have gone into something more like business or humanities space. Mm-hmm. but post-grad it mm-hmm. didn't really affect me because by the time you're post-grad high school is like a distant memory <laughs> that's so true yeah, that's true
1: <laughs> um that's a good point that like I feel this same way for how what we did in high school really shaped what we thought we needed to do in college I guess like <laughs> Um, I thought that going, like, having that science background that, like, just prepared me for a science major, and, like, that was the only option, or the only, like, viable option, like, because I had that background, so I, I agree. I probably would have chosen something maybe a little different, but it seems like you are sort of pivoting away from your major, but not necessarily. Like, do you see yourself working, um, at the department for the
5: rest of your life? Or, like, would you go
1: back into academia or something humanities? I don't
5: know. Like, I do enjoy working there right now. I don't want to stay in my current role forever because my current role is much more, like, administrative support, that kind of thing. And what, But I do eventually want to, like, evolve within the department. I don't know Mm -hmm. if I would stay there forever because, again, I do want to go back to school for something less STEM-based and then – from there, I really don't know. I know I want to go into private sector and like into consulting eventually, but I just don't know like what the timeline is for that. And then mm-hmm. I don't know, the government, it's also, I'm worried about getting too comfortable because it's such a like stable job that I'm afraid I'm going to like <laughs> never leave because I'm just like, the stability is too much to go away. But the
3: mm-hmm.
5: kind of person I am, I think eventually I'll leave. I don't, it's not somewhere I want to be forever, but I think it's a really good, like,
0: stepping stone for me. Yeah. I mean, for the government, I, like, I think I, in the future, I also want to work for the government because of the stability thing and both of my parents actually work for the government and ever since they entered the government, they haven't left. So, it's been, what, 40 years before dad. Um. So, yeah, I think it's really good, especially during, like, times like this that you have the stability in jobs. But yeah,
5: I've been working, like, I've been working from home, so knowing that they're able to do that and, like, that, you know, pandemic, I'll still have a job that makes it tempting to stay. But I do want to, like, eventually experience other industries and see what it's like. That's why I think, like, just starting in the government and, like, getting a clearance that way, I can, like, jump back in before it expires. (laughs) So,
2: Kayla, you did a lot of different stuff in college. Like, you were the football manager and you did koa and stuff like that so what were some experiences in college that helped you navigate going into the workplace or help you navigate college in general
5: um i think the football job like the second half of working there i was like um a video intern they called me at like film practices and games we had a boss that we didn't really like that much so i think that really helped me like working with People, like realizing that you're not going to get along with everybody that you work with. Like in college, you're mostly around your friends. So you generally get along with everyone that you're around. But when you're in the workforce, like there's, everyone's not going to be your friend, that kind of thing. So working for that person, like really prepared me to see the different types of personalities that there are. And then I think just like really involving myself in college Because I'm generally a very shy person, so really involving myself in college kind of helped break me out of that bubble a little bit. Because once you're in the workforce, it's kind of like if you're shy, you're like (laughs) the weird person in the office. (laughs) It's like everyone's an adult, so they don't expect people to be like shy. They kind of expect you to like get in there and like get to know your coworkers and that kind of thing. So I think if I had come straight out of high school or like if I hadn't involved myself in college at all, it would have been really difficult for me to immediately like jump into the workforce and like get to know my coworkers and like get to know your bosses because one thing I noticed like where I'm working is everyone has like a good rapport with their boss like the boss isn't like an overlord they don't just like assign you stuff they actually want to know who you are they kind of want to like have a relationship with you and if I hadn't like kind of got out of my shell I would have just I wouldn't have known how to form like interpersonal relationships because i was not the best at that like before <laughs> <laughs> true uh yeah
1: mm-hmm. i could definitely agree with that for in terms of workforce it's definitely not the same experience as having like a teacher
5: telling yeah. you what to do
1: I mean your boss still tells you what to do but it's more of collaborative it seems
5: yeah, yeah. like when you're like a teacher in a student relationship it's it's different because I don't know, I feel like your bosses respect you more than teachers do because they're like, oh, you have a degree, like, you know what you're talking about. So they they give you a lot more freedom than like a teacher-student kind of relationship. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and in terms of like the, the pros of co- and cons of working for the government, I guess, I mean, we all, you said a lot about the stability aspect, and I think we can all agree that's like something that we've been told, I guess, throughout our lives that, especially living so close to D.C., working for the government is such a viable option. Uh, Do you know of any other pros or reasons why you would stay with them or cons that you've noticed while working there?
5: Yeah, um, pros I would say is, like, health insurance. I mean, (laughs) you get, like, health insurance and, like, life insurance. Just, like, overall stability. It's, like, if you are someone who, like, maps out your life and you know what you want to do, like, 10 years from now, the government is a good place to be in because you can get a job and, like, stay there for 20 years, which for me is a con because a lot of the people that I know or that I've seen, it's, like, they get a job and they stay there for 20 years, and that's not necessarily something that I want to do. I guess I'm, like, I have the mentality where I, I want to have, like, five different careers in my life, so <laughs> I'm, like, I always want to try new things, and I think my biggest fear is just, like, getting pigeonholed, which mm-hmm. I have, like, a mentor in my job, and he was basically telling me, like, be careful about where you start out or what positions you accept because it's really easy to get pigeonholed. Cause again, it's just super comfortable. And you know, as you get older, you never know like what's going to happen in your life that will make it more difficult for you to move around. So to me, that's somewhat of a con that it's such a long-term kind of role. I'm trying to think of any other cons. I guess there's just like a lot of cons about like conduct, like, um, Working for the government you're like a public servant so you can't talk about like politics in the office like if you're someone mm-hmm. who is very into politics that kind of thing you just have to conduct yourself in a certain way if you have like a clearance there's a lot of you know background <laughs> yes dug up so you know just conduct basically and getting pigeonholed could be two cons of government jobs mm. mm-hmm.
0: Well, you mentioned that your major was completely different from, like, your job now. Did do you take any classes in college that helped you for this job? Or did you not, like, did it not really matter what classes you took in college? Like, anyone could kind of entry-level get into this job? Yeah,
5: the classes didn't so much matter. I think it's just, like, general skills that you learn in school. I don't know if I could have come out of high school and been immediately successful at this job, but... Personally, for me, like, the classes didn't really matter. I know other people, like, one person I work with, he majored in political science, so he may be more knowledgeable about the structure and things of that nature, but for me, none of the classes I took really, like, prepared me for this position. If anything, it's more just, like, the overall experience of being in a college setting and, like, working with others and just coming into your own as an adult that kind of prepared me to work where I'm working.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, maybe uh, Linda can relate to this too, but I definitely feel that when I was applying or I'm still applying to jobs, it feels like the major doesn't really have that big of an influence. And maybe it's the specific jobs I'm applying for that aren't like heavy skill based, but it's just like they want to see that you have, you have gone through college and you yeah. know all those social skills and everything. But
5: the actual major is like, yeah, I've never like, been asked about it. To be honest, when i first realized that this is what I was going to be doing after college, I felt like a failure because I was like, mm. you went through four years and like, you're not even using your major, but just talking to other people, I'm just like, a very small percentage of people or not, I don't know how large it is, but most of the people that I talked to who majored in something specific in college don't actually go on to have a career in that field. So, especially for government jobs, I know that they just want to see that you were able to like accomplish a four-year degree. So... I'm trying not to, like, beat myself up about that. Yeah. That is something, because I, I was that freshman in college where I was like, I am not, like, going to be one of those people who doesn't use their major. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to use my major, and now I'm just like, Kayla, you're not using your major. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Would you ever want to um, change into a job that incorporates more of your major? Or Yeah. Like, that's one of the things with
5: going to consulting. I wanted to do like consulting for architecture firms, specifically, since mm-hmm. there's like a big movement to create greener buildings and more environmentally friendly buildings. And a lot large part of my major was studying like um, global warming and the effects of climate change. So that's something I wanted to get into. So I'm kind of trying to decide like what I want to go back for because I don't really know the path to take to get into um, that kind of field. But I think for me, that's one of my like long-term goals is to eventually move into a space more centered around what i actually study. Mm-hmm.
1: and um, mm-hmm. i don't know if you did you actually get the minor but i know we talked a lot about the sustainability minor yeah i got
5: a minor in sustainability so the classes for that minor were actually really interesting classes i enjoyed so mm-hmm. yeah did you minor in sustainability too i took like oh. <laughs> two of the
1: classes and okay. then I realized I didn't have, like, I would have to squish one of my semesters, and okay. to me it wasn't worth it, so yeah. I already had the other minor, yeah, but it was interesting.
5: Yeah, I liked it. It was probably one of the easier minors that you could take at U of mm-hmm.
1: And sustainability <laughs> is so, like, applicable to any field, because every field, every business wants to be more, like, quote-unquote green or sustainable
5: now. Yeah, that's why um, I like the minor, because... They had so many classes that you could take, so you could really tailor it to what you were most interested in. Like I took like an environmental law course, um, which was really interesting, and then I took like an ethics of the environmental environment course, and that was really interesting too.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, um, do you have any <laughs> other advice you would give to people who maybe have felt the same way, where they're like, oh, I want to change my major or career like halfway through, or Maybe, okay, so something I, I've i been talking to my sister about is that I told her that I regretted not changing my major earlier, um, since she's, like, still, like, a almost a rising sophomore in college. Do you, do you have any advice about, like, when's the best time to change, or when's it too late, or, I don't know, just general advice about that.
5: Sort yeah, of like, I would say, if you wanted to change your major, do it within the first two years, because mm-hmm. when I was feeling like I wanted to change my major... It was near like the middle of junior year. At that point, I would have had to stay like an extra like year, extra two years, and I like wasn't going to do that. So, I'd say if you really feel like it's not the major for you, then try and get out sooner rather than later. And then if you if it's too late, don't feel discouraged because honestly, if you just get like an entry-level job in the field that you're really interested in and you keep working like your resume will eventually speak more than what you actually got the degree mm-hmm. in. So don't feel as if you have to stick with a particular topic just because you majored in it or feel like this is going to be your one career for the rest of your life. Because you never know like where life is going to pivot. You never know what experience you have that may be useful or applicable to a different field. So just like don't be discouraged. I know it's like, Everyone tells you, you go to college, you get this job, and you, like, stay there forever, but that's not the way that it actually works anymore. That's good advice. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any other tips? Um, I would say do the Pathways program. It's a really good program. <laughs> Just going to fuck it. It's a really good program. Like, it was a lot of times because I would be a student and then, like, rush to D.C., like, and then get back super late, but it was a really useful program. You get a clearance, which lasts, I think, for five years. So even if you decide it's not what you want, it makes you more marketable if you decide to go into private sector jobs. Because once you graduate, you don't have to stay there. They give you the option of leaving or deciding to finish out your one... Because you get 120 days after graduation to decide what you want to do. So if you decide it's not what you want to do, you have that clearance and you can go and take your skills somewhere else. Um, Mm -hmm. And then... Don't feel pressured to major in like for certain things in college because that's kind of how i felt as a high school senior like i feel like i really chose my major based on being pressured which i'm glad yeah. everything worked out but for other people that may not be the case so just really go with what you want you can even go as like undecided and then take a year to really figure out what you want to do
0: what helped you out the most when you were figuring out what you wanted to do like was it like stuff you researched outside of classes or like was it your internship or like what helped you out the most? Like, I think my internships
5: like classes somewhat there were like there was one class I took which was like atmospheric chemistry and that was the best class I've taken within my major and that class really motivated me to like learn more about um, the effects of climate change so that class was a big motivating factor but I think for me the most part was internships like actually getting out there, like meeting people who weren't still in school, like hearing their experiences, and actually being in the workforce that made me really decide what it was that I really wanted to do.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, I know you mentioned that you you found out about Pathways from someone at your church, but do you know if they do recruiting, like how someone who didn't have that connection would have heard about it? Because I had never heard about that program before you told me about it.
5: I don't know if they do recruiting. I know they're always on like the USA jobs website. Cause I remember hearing about it, like maybe at the beginning of my college like career, but I didn't like look into it until the person came up to me in my church. Cause I would be that like kid who just like scrolled through USA jobs. <laughs> so <laughs> so proactive. <yeah. laughs> like I know they're on USA jobs. Um, I don't know if they do any recruiting events. I know my agency does recruiting events, but not so much for students. So hmm. I would just say <laughs> look at USA Jobs. Mhm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really uh, good to know because I'm sure people would love to have that path. Um, that's kind of what is appealing about some other like grad school type paths, like the pre-med track and pre-law. Is like you have that kind of set plan you know what you're doing after undergrad which is appealing to some people so that would be a good option
5: yeah like provide you some stability because the time after undergrad can be really scary if you Mm -hmm. aren't like sure what you want
1: okay so kayla (laughs) thank you so much for um talking to us about your experience and giving really good advice that i think a lot of people could be interested in so thanks for joining us for this episode
5: thanks for having me guys (laughs) thank
1: you okay (laughs) Uh, we'll talk soon
5: okay
0: bye Bye. (laughs) bye Thank you all for sticking around to the end of this episode. Um, I know it's a longer one today, but it was really interesting to get to hear all the um, perspectives and opinions of our friends who have different career paths than us. Um, I think they gave some really valuable advice, so um, I hope that it helped some of you guys out in your search for a career or a major that you want to pursue. And if you want to link up with them, you can check our (laughs) episode description. (laughs) We'll link their linkedin bios <laughs> um you can also check out our website at
2: movingulongpod.com where you can find our episodes with all the aforementioned links as well
1: <laughs> and if you like this episode follow us on instagram at pod and rate or review us on apple podcasts and you can always let us know what topics you want to hear in the future
0: until next time bye. bye